Your success story has already begun. Once upon a time, you knew nothing of medicine or dentistry. But then, a seed was planted, and through determination, discipline, and consistency in your studies, you grew in knowledge and character. And now, here you are, a doctor, a dentist, or student. But your story is far from over, and neither is your growth. Sure enough, applying yourself in your studies has made you an educational success. But is that all you need in the world of work? And what happens when you want to break with tradition and turn your original idea into a reality? Does medical and dental school teach you how to make it in the real world and leave a lasting impact? Here's the thing. Following the steps has served you well so far, but your next chapter is wide open. My name is Roleke Ojo. I'm a brand strategist and graphic designer in health and wellness. But I started my career as a doctor. I was once a book smart medical student with lots of ideas and no clue how to make them happen. So I stuck to what I knew and I studied and I did well. But ultimately, I realized what had worked for me before wouldn't get me what I wanted in the future. I knew I had to do something differently if I wanted to find the creative fulfillment I had searched for for so long. So I quit. I started my journey to build a career of meaning for me, and it's taken me to interesting places. Teaching English in France, working at an AI tech company, managing my family's dental practice, to studying graphic design, and of course, here, talking to you. I'm carving a path for myself, helping doctors and dentists to build their authentic brand while building my own and loving it. Now, I'm not suggesting you quit your day job. Rather, open your mind to the possibilities. And to help with this, I'll be talking to inspiring doctors and dentists who have built successful brands and sharing insights on everything they don't teach you in medical and dental school on how to succeed. This is not about clinical tips and tricks. This is practical advice on everything from developing a personal brand to developing resilience to the demands of training, from growing your side hustle to taking a stand on social media. Life doesn't hand out pass marks. If you want to go beyond book smart, this podcast, Brand New Doctor, is for you. Maybe you've noticed it. It's kind of hard not to, but it is easy to get used to. What I'm talking about is the lack of racial diversity in medical illustrations and how it's been the norm for so long. But viewpoints are changing, and we're starting to see images and illustrations as not just tools for education, but as symbols that can perpetuate racial inequalities in healthcare. My first guest, Chidie Bereibe, is one of the people at the forefront of this change. If you are black, Asian, Arab, or from another ethnic background, chances are that you haven't found your skin tone represented much in the textbooks you learn from. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can imagine the eye-opening effect of a medical illustration of a black fetus in a black mother's womb. Chidi's illustrations went viral in December last year, and he's since been featured in major news outlets, 
including Forbes and CNN, and his work is set to be published around the world. Chidi is also very active in the field of neurosurgery, holding positions including the Chief Medical Illustrator at the Journal of Global Neurosurgery and Creative Director at the Association of Future African Neurosurgeons. Considering all this, you might be surprised to hear that he is a first-year medical student. And what I love about this is that he shows that you don't have to wait to bring a vision to life. His is a story of perseverance and belief in a purpose greater than himself that has touched lives all around the world. Now get this. He applied for medical school five times, and when he finally got into Kiev Medical University, he crowdfunded enough money to be able to attend. This episode was recorded before the recent events of the war crisis in Ukraine. Thankfully, Chidi was able to get home to Nigeria, but he, like so many others, is a displaced medical student, and particularly as an African studying abroad, faces many challenges with continuing his medical education. In spite of this, he continues to have a big impact in his field and was invited to give a TEDx talk recently in Geneva. If you have a talent, passion or interest outside of medicine, you might think you have to choose one or the other. But Chidi is living testament that your unique combination of gifts can change the world. It was amazing for me to delve into Chidi's thoughts on purpose and passion, and I'm so excited to share this fascinating conversation with you. I feel like a lot of people have commented on the lack of diversity in medical literature, myself included, but you've actually done something about it. So what is it? that makes you different to actually get up and do something? First of all, there have been other illustrators who are, who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. When I started drawing, the first time I started drawing was all representing black skin. My drawings were all black illustrations. And, uh, and I wasn't just drawing a, a brown skin illustration. I was drawing a black skin illustration because they're actually two different things. You know? And that has been my key focus from, from, from inception to represent how Typical Africa looks like because uh, an African staying in the US basically can have a brown skin, but it's really, really a typical Africa will always have a black skin. And then I realized from a scale, it's called the Fitzpatrick scale. I realized that the last tone, which is a brown skin tone, I felt that there was actually a tone missing out. So I realized that uh, this is something I could really need to work towards doing. So from the very inception of my drawings, I always considered the darker people, how can they be represented? How uh, how can the drawing represent them more? I've been keen to representing black people and to advocate my drawings for the black people. You've had a big impact on the world. It's been kind of worldwide that we're hearing about about the work that you've been doing. You've been on CNN, you've been on Forbes, and we know that people have been really deeply moved by what you're doing. But I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about your drawings? How did it feel for you when you were drawing the, the mother with the fetus in her womb, what impact did it have upon you? When I was creating the, that particular drawing, I was creating it out of, um, out of um, concern, out of the need for more representation. And that drawing was created immediately after I was denied a visa to go to school. I was still more concerned of representation of black people. And so that's when the, the concept or idea came to create that illustration. Actually, from the, from the start, it was just more of representing and speaking up that black is beautiful. Then when the drawing went viral, I had to, had to understand what 
what was the message behind this drawing that people really resonated with it? Then I understood that the, the drawing came in a, in a time that that uh, there was a whole lot of healthcare disparity in the U.S. among black pregnant women were, were not given respect or value, or were not given were not given equal medical attention. And that that was um, what I see the, the foundation to make that, of, of what made that drawing go viral. Which drawings are you most proud of, personally? But without the opinions of other people, which ones are you most proud of? All right, to take aside the the black people, which I know I am proud of that. But when I created that drawing, I wasn't so proud of it because I was just like, I'm more like a perfectionist. Okay, so I was like, oh, I, I didn't get here right. I, I didn't really draw it very well. I was worried that I mean I didn't really get this right. But aside I mean, aside the black people, the drawing that really made me was the drawing of the brain that I did. So the drawing took me about a week to draw, and it came out so nice as as the reference picture that I was drawing it from. That was my best so far compared to other drawings before this one I went viral. You know, I, I love to draw as well. And it's interesting, the ones that people like and the ones that I like are always very different. So, <laughs> so when people are like, oh, I love this one, I'm like, but look at this one that I did. So I can, I can definitely empathize with you. I'm learning myself right now how to use computers. I'm doing a graphic design course, actually. So it was very impressive to see what you were able to achieve just using a mouse. Very, very cool. I'll tell you what my favorite drawing was. The one that I really loved was um, a drawing that you did. It was a dermatology one for a boy. He had a skin condition. I think it was chickenpox. And he had the scars on his face as well as in like the ritual scars on his face. And I loved that because I feel as if you, you not only draw the black skin, but you're also depicting the culture as well. You're representing the culture. And I feel that that's a very conscious choice that you've made. So what I wanted to also ask you about is about success, because this podcast is very interested in the things that we don't learn in medical school or in university about achieving success. And you have achieved this kind of sudden monumental success with what you're doing right now, which is wonderful. So I'm kind of more interested to hear from you about handling success. How are you handling it? And is it something that you you feel comfortable with? All right, so um, first of all, I, I, I didn't know I was successful, you know, quite very early. Um, yes, because I, I know I had worked very hard, you know, and I had always worked very hard, but I, I always had this mindset that, I mean, everybody out there is doing the same thing I'm doing, that everybody out there is working hard. So I, I felt that I wasn't even doing enough. But I realized that after everything went viral, I understood that the journey that the, that the price I had paid was really worth it. So I, and, and now everything went viral. It has been quite very difficult to keep up with the whole fame, with the whole popularity and everything. Lots of emails and uh, it's been very tough because this is the first time I'm actually experiencing this. It's very, very tough, you know. But I mean, I felt that the experience I've, I've gathered over the years has what I've been able to keep me above the waters, as well as able to keep me, I don't leave my, you know, my, my sanity. Being successful can be very detrimental because everybody's watching to hear you make a mistake and to use that to drag you down. Everything just matters right now. So it, it, it means that your life basically doesn't, might not be yours anymore because now for the people out there who is looking to, to see you and, and to watch you grow. So it's, it's really has been very difficult. But one thing that has helped me is that I, I've always learned to stay very normal. You know, I'm not trying to change who I was. What helped me to achieve this success it was to sustain me 
this is time of concern. So it's it's not a new thing. I'm not I'm not here by accident. Uh, I'm here because I had had paid the price, and I'm so sure that the price that I had paid will sustain me through this journey. So basically, it's it's quite it's quite difficult, I would say. But that's where that's where seeking for advice comes in. That's why I mean I'm I'm not so big enough to not ask for advice or to not seek for mentorship or and, and all of that. So I think I think basically this this moment of my life is is the time that I'm. I'm, I'm very watchful of every opportunity around me and, and taking every um, thing into consideration. That's really great to hear. I can, I can definitely tell that you're a very down-to-earth person from the emails that we had back and forth and talking to you before. You're a very grounded person. And I think it's really interesting what you say about the things that made you successful or the things that you should hold on to, the, just the person that you are, basically. Um, it reminded me of something that I heard I'm talking about how, you know, when you when you're able to focus on the process of what you're doing uh, rather than the outcome, you are able to hold on to the things that have given you success so far. But when we when we kind of forget about those things that, you know, we were doing regularly, staying disciplined with the, the tools that got us to where we have gotten to in a certain point in our life, that's when we're not able to replicate the same kind of success that we had before. So, so yeah, very cool to, to hear your perspective on that as well. So it would appear that you are an overnight success, but obviously we know that that's not really the case. Where you are now is a culmination of your life events, your experiences, your hard work. And it's only just now that the world is paying attention to what you're doing. So I'm really interested in your journey and where you are now. And what experiences in your childhood actually led you to this point here? Thank you for asking that. I think, um, I mean, a lot of people think I'm actually very lucky that I just stumbled upon success. And um, yeah, people are, are, I mean, they're okay to say what they want to say. But I think that by default, it doesn't just, doesn't just come like that. I mean, success itself is as a result of hard work. And um, for me as a person, I... I, I, I had never felt that I was working hard enough because I always felt that there was always more to do. I knew I was working hard, but but there was always uh, more to to improve myself. Basically, for me, I had, I had a very difficult journey. Now, in my family, I wasn't the smartest. My siblings were all very smart. They were all coming out first in school, and I was always the last coming out last in school. And so my family basically never, you know, had someone to believe in me. But I think I had someone believe in myself. And I knew I wanted to be a medical doctor. I knew I wanted to help the medical sector. But I felt I wasn't smart enough to do that. And I felt I wasn't good enough. So I, I, I tried medical school for 10 good years. I tried medical school. And uh, I kept on trying. But at some point, my, my family, I tried uh, medical school. So I wasn't like a mission. I had to go to do a first degree in chemistry. So while doing the first degree, I kept applying for medical school. I was, I, I was also being rejected. And... Um, my family said, I mean, the medical school you are going to, you are all on your own. You are, they are not going to sponsor you in this. You know, so I had to say, okay, I was on my own. And, and that was something good because I had to now learn skills. I had to learn graphic design. I had to learn photography, videography. I mean, this was, this way, efforts, a way to generate funds. Prime medical schools in Nigeria, they were not coming up. I had to apply to Ukraine. And I got admitted in Ukraine. But the issue came up, how do I get school fees to, how do I raise tuition? How do I get money to, 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 Facebook is. I, I now opened a GoFundMe account, and for months, I, the campaign was actually very slow. 
and then I, I mean, recently I just had, after I had some money, I had about a, a thousand and four hundred pounds, and I used all of the money I had my GoFundMe to go for visa, which I was denied the visa. So I didn't have visa, I didn't have school fee, so I, I was actually very hopeless. So I, I have to understand that every great uh, person has always gone, gone through a series of difficulties in their life. I knew that when I go to school, I was going to work. So it has really been a difficult journey trying to trying to work hard, trying to raise money for tuition. Even when I was doing my first degree in chemistry, I was paying my school fee. I was I was sometimes I would, I would leave school for one week just to go get more, just to work and get money to my school fee. So basically, it has been a very difficult journey working alone and developing myself alone. And and where I stay in Nigeria, where my family house is like, there was no power supply there. And what I was doing was I was, I mean, that was my journey learning medical illustration. I was doing a one hour travel for one good year to the church where I could see power supply to power my laptop and to learn medical illustration. So, so, so this journey, to me, I felt it was a normal thing that everybody should do. I, I didn't know that this was a seed. And then everything went viral last year. Then I understood that this, this was a seed I was sowing because most times I would literally use my last money to pay transport to church and not have someone to go back home. And I'll, I'll borrow from a church member to go back home. I would say I'm not lucky because I know that, it, I mean, the journey has been a difficult one. People just see the beautiful side, but they don't really understand this, the, the, the difficult journey, the times of depression I had gone through just to get to this point. So I would say it's not luck. It's not luck. It's, it's truly God's grace. There's so much that you said I find really interesting. Going from the start of what you said about how you felt like you weren't the smartest in your family, that your siblings were doing better than you at school, and you didn't feel like your family was believing in you. And so I, I wonder where your belief came from, because, you know, it's funny for me to say this, but honestly, I have only in recent times developed the belief that your potential grows as you as you move towards it, that you can never really fully achieve your potential as long as you're striving towards something then you can improve and you can get better you can get smarter as well hard work actually is worth more than talent a lot of the time to be honest and I didn't really yeah. understand that for a long time how did you get to grips with that idea quite early on all right so I think something significant happened in my life and that was immediately after high school the secondary school here in Nigeria I I met someone I went to a conference that was the very first time I ever attended this conference. And because I had so, had so much um, inferiority complex because I wasn't smart, you know, I went to that conference. And when I came out of the conference, I realized that there is more to me, that there is something different that I had. And then I realized something, that amongst my siblings, I had something that they didn't have. I mean, I wasn't the smartest, but I had a very powerful mind. I had a very creative mind. And then I knew that that's what I had, that they didn't have. I am the most talented in, in, our, in our house. I, I was, I'm very artistic. I sing, I, I draw, I, I play the piano, and none of my siblings do that. Then I understood that this is who I am. This is this is my area of strength. This is this is what makes me unique. Then I had to understand how can I use my artwork to empower my mind, you know? Because I mean, I had found myself very inferior. Then I realized when I started taking drawings, I had so much attention from people. People were always coming to me. I had um, my siblings were always. I appreciated my drawings and I think at one point I had a certain step up in you know in taking more responsibility and that happened from that conference where I heard a man speak and, and it changed my life then I now want to say how can I use my creativity to 
to boost my intelligence, then I have to understand that some person might be mathematically intelligent, some can be critically, creatively intelligent. So I have to understand what works best for me. Then I understood I was a creative person. Then I had to focus all my energy to my creativity. I had to learn graphic designs. I had to do a whole lot of creative work to, to improve. Then I realized that there was a, I realized a very big change that there was a shift in my mentality. Intellectually, I was able to retain more information because I, have, I was able to understand, I was able to shift my creative mindset. So I, I have to understand that that was a perspective that I had used to creating a, a bigger shift in my life. I had to use my creative side to, to, to improve and my study ability, my retention ability, and every aspect of my life. Actually, I think that what you say about different types of intelligence, I don't think it's talked about very much in medical school, actually, because we're kind of all thought of as kind of academic types. They're still within that subset of people. And yes, it is a small, very small sample of the population who become doctors, but there is still a lot of variety there. As I get older as well, I'm a firm believer that what makes you different is actually your superpower and that you need to lean into that as much as possible. So really cool that you were able to understand that about yourself. I wonder what was it that the speaker said at the conference that really inspired you? That I might not remember in detail. I mean, I had never heard of anything called a motivational speaker before, but that was the very first time I heard a motivational speaker. So he spoke, he spoke in the conference and I came out from that conference and I I totally believed in everything I saw. I believed in the grasses, I believed in the trees, I believed in myself. So I had to go back, had to draft my personal plans, my things I needed to achieve. So, I mean, it was just a shift because that was the very first time I ever heard of motivation in my entire life. So it was, it was a big shift. I mean, he said a lot of things generally, but it was just a shift in the mindset that, that, that I really, really did um, appreciate. So it was just kind of that he inspired you to become more interested in your personal growth. I'm really interested in, in kind of motivational speaking. I don't speak myself. I do this podcast or I've started this podcast. But I, I wonder, would you want to be a motivational speaker? I think you, you have wonderful things to say and it's really inspiring to hear your story. Well, well, basically, I think there is no particular portfolio to become a motivational speaker. I mean, every day we are all motivating somebody. I mean, if I talk to my I talk to my friend, I'm motivating you and I'm a motivational speaker. I don't have to have a big platform to be a motivational speaker. So I think we're all doing it directly. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about vision because it's very clear to me when I was looking through your Instagram, I saw your post when you were crowdfunding for medical school and you had a very succinct reason why people should fund you, why people should support you. And I don't think that most people, I know myself, this includes me, when I went to medical school, I didn't have a vision. I think a lot of people say in their personal statement that they want to help people, but they might not know exactly how they want to help people or for what greater purpose they're doing it. And you have this vision that is bigger than yourself that drives you forward. And so I wonder, what is it like going to medical school, having this vision already in mind? First of all, I want to be a pediatric neurosurgeon, and that has been my, 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 my big goal to be a pediatric neurosurgeon. I, I lost my mom to cancer when I was young, and uh, I watched her die because I wasn't able to help her. I felt, I felt less of myself. Then I, I understood that, that this is a pain that every other child goes through in Africa generally. I, I took a lot of courses online, and I saw the 
saw how young African uh, uh, children were going through a lot of things. And, and I felt so drawn to that purpose. I felt that this is what I was called to do. And um, I, I, I don't have to understand now, which of these children are able to afford their health care? How are local communities? How are they able to afford their health care? How are they able to afford bills to pay for this health care, which are very expensive? I felt that this, this was what I was called to do. This was my vision. This was, was to provide free health care to local communities. And I know that was going to be very difficult. In fact, my plan was to build a public uh, build a hospital focused on children that was providing just free health care for children alone. And it's careful when I talk about this because I know how paying doctors, how paying nurses can be, but the goal is to improve Africa's health care. And we know how Africa is lagging behind financially and otherwise. And being concerned about people, being concerned about people's well-being, it's important that I'm able to build this particular healthcare facility and provide free healthcare for children. Being an artist and, and being a medical student and not finding more representative drawing the medical textbook, I, I said this was what I was going to work to address in medical school. And the goal was that, that I would be able to see more of black drawings or black uh, African drawings in medical textbooks. And that was that had been my initial goal even before going to medical school. And I think as of now, I would say I have touched a bit of that. I have achieved a bit of that because a lot of publishers have reached out to me saying that from now on, well, their textbooks will be more of black illustrations. And also, one thing I realized was when I was teaching myself medical illustrations, I, I always had my anatomy very wrong because first, when I started illustrations, I was in medical school, I was a medical student, I didn't have knowledge of anatomy. So I was always having my, my illustration very wrong. Good medical school was was the way to support my knowledge, was the way to improve my knowledge in drawing this illustration correctly and representing the black people. So going to medical school has been very purposeful. Uh, and I know it can be very distracting at times, but I mean I, I have a key, I have a goal, what I'm what I want to achieve medical school and that's what I'm working for. I think that the medical school experience would change for a lot of people if they did have a kind of vision or they they were moving towards a, a vision that they had in mind can be difficult to find your vision though but do you have any other kinds of tips for other people for medical students for finding out what their vision or their purpose might be all right so basically one of the tips i would say to finding your your vision and to finding your purpose you have to separate yourself and look inwards now the reason why i say that because we are actually in a very noisy world we are in a world where everybody is out there saying things and, and, and everybody also wants to be heard. So people have felt to understand that, that the best gift you can give yourself right, is a gift of self-discovery. And the only way to do that is to retract your step from, from, the, from, from the society and understand who you are personally. Because I say this often also because that, that the world will know who you are when you open your mouth. So it therefore means that what you give yourself is your value. And the only way to, to, to having a vision for yourself is to look inward to self and resonate. One of the big things also is that be the leader of yourself. Be your, be your, be your leader. And, and, and being, a, being a leader is that you found your purpose, which is driven by your passion and which is guided by principles. So when, when one retracts these ourselves rather and understand what, who am I generally, because people don't do that as much as them. People just go out there. People don't want to miss out with the crowd. People just want to go there and, and just want to be heard. But nobody has, I mean, very few people have really, really 
paid, paid attention to himself. And I tell you, one of the secrets to Nancy General, to every great person, is that they always have time for their personal self. They always have time to, to understanding who they are because that's the priority. You have to understand who you are because who you are would align to your vision. There cannot be a vision without knowing who you are, generally. So just fall down or just go down to understanding who you are as a person. And, and, and then when you understand who you are, you're able to unlock who you are. The ones you unlock who you are, then you are able to know this is what I want and this is what I do not want. And that aligns. Because for me personally, when I, I mean, if I didn't know that I was going to be a medical student, if I didn't know that being a doctor was, was one of my biggest vision, one of my biggest goals, or one of my desires, I would have given up along the way. But because I, I have this deeper reflection, I have to understand who am I as a person? Who, who am I when the world is out there listening to me? And that's what has helped me shape my vision. That's what I helped me discover my vision. So I think one of the, and the foundation things is that understand who you are generally. And, and the question is now, how do you understand who you are? The, the fact is, is, you have to be very honest with yourself because a, a lot of people lie to themselves, lie, lie to themselves that they are not these, that they are that. And, and that's where the problem starts from. We are honest with your strengths and your weaknesses. There is a start to understanding who you are. So I think that's basically the foundation to, to having a television to, to, to your destiny. I think it sounds simple. I don't think it's easy. That's the first thing really is to understand yourself. I know that for the longest time, I just kind of defined myself by what I was doing. When someone asks you about yourself, the first thing you say normally is the job that you do. And I just wonder, you know, how, how do you define yourself? Because I get the impression from you when I read about you, I feel like you've, you've, got, this, you've got this big story, everything that has happened before you got to medical school. So I wouldn't define you by what you do. I wouldn't define you as a medical student, you know? And, and I wonder, you know, how do you, how do you define yourself? Do you define yourself by the experiences you've been through or by, you know, certain traits that you have? What do you think? All right. So basically, I, I think, I think how, how I define myself is based on, based on the journey, based on the experiences I've been through. And uh, something particularly happened in my life, I'm going to share it right now. Then I understood who I was. Then I understood what would work for me better. When I was, I was, I was traveling, and I stood in front of a hospital and medical school. So I looked at this hospital, I was so beautiful, and I said, oh, when will I go into this hospital? No way will I ever go, into, go inside this hospital. And it's amazing to know that that same day, I actually went into the hospital. But I didn't go as a doctor or as a, as a, as, or as a medical student. I went inside as a patient. Then it told me that, that my words are actually my tools to create my future. Then I had to read, I had to rephrase, I had to say it again, that I had to say, when will I go into school as a medical doctor? I understand that how I see myself is that is from the experiences because it has never been rosy from the very first time. It has never been all beautiful. It has been very, very tough. And so how I see myself is that I see myself as one who whose experience has shaped him, but still not enough. Because uh, as I said, I'm a perfectionist. So I, I feel that working hard is not just enough. Even most time when I'm sick, like I'm so sick, I'm shivering, I am still working. I'm still doing what I should be doing. Who I am is based on the experiences or based on the lessons I had learned consciously or had learned unconsciously while, while growing as a young person. That's a great way to look at things. I've had to look recently at how I define myself because I can fall into this trap of 
being too rigid with what I say about myself or what I think about myself. I'm doing this graphic design course right now. And I've always thought of myself as a creative person. But when I'm unhappy with the work that I'm doing, it's like, but you said you were a creative person and this isn't very creative. Do you know what I mean? And so what I've started to think about is actually just redefining myself as someone who is constantly growing and changing and developing her thoughts. The more I do this, the more I think that that we have to be very careful with what we say about ourselves. We can psych ourselves out of doing things because of how we've defined ourselves. You understood that you had a desire to go to medical school, that you had it within you to do it. And you had all of these um, attempts at medical school. I think you said, was it five attempts at medical school? What was it that kept you going really? Because when you finally did get into medical school, it was then a problem with, with the cost of it and actually being able to fund it. I, I wonder, you know, for a lot of people, I think they would have given up at that point. But why did you persevere? All right. So basically, what kept me going was uh, I, I didn't see myself doing any other than being a medical doctor. And, and, and what convinced me more is that because I'm a Christian, I'd always told God, I mean, to always help me align to what he has for me. And so something happened specifically in my life one day. I was actually walking on the road walking on the road and um, just walking then i saw a stranger just walk up to me and, and just told me doctor doctor and he just said that and just walked past me i was like who is this person you know who is this i like i don't know and i mean several incidents happened that people just that was just one of the incidents that people have, have always called me things that i mean i, I don't know them strangers call me oh you are, you are a doctor i was like i'm not a doctor you know I, I just, so it was it was more of a confirmation not to give up on who I was going to become because I knew I had this is what I wanted to do from inception this is what I was I was I, was, I felt it was what I was born to do but I knew that one thing that also kept me going that is that that nothing good always come easy I mean because if we are going to fulfill our destiny or fulfill our purpose it's going to be a difficult journey to get into that place so I mean it was difficult for me and I felt this is this is what I was meant to do. So it, it got so difficult that at some point I, at some point I, I almost gave up. I told myself I wasn't going to be medical again. That I was going to go to music school because I wanted to go at singing and playing the piano. So I was going to music school. Like I'm tired of trying medical school for now. But I had to just no, no, no. I can't just give up, you know. So I had to keep pushing. I had to keep, but, but one thing that really kept me going is that I was so convinced that this is who I was. I was convinced that this is what I was created to do. And that's what kept me going. I mean, I even I wasn't convinced that this is what I was meant to be. I think I would have, I would have fallen. Because I had friends who were still tremakers school like me, but finally left and finally said they were tired and they wanted to do something else. But I just kept on pushing. And right now they are seeing the results already. So I think because I was so sure that this is what I, this is what I was meant to do, and that's what just kept me going. People would say your kind of superpower is your illustration and your your desire to help with this cause but I feel like your superpower is actually just your belief in yourself I've come to see in my life that everything that I thought that I could get I have I've gotten but it's always been the case of what I thought I deserved and so I think my biggest limiter in my life has always been the extent of my imagination as to what I thought I could actually I could get to and so I I think that we have to inspire people to believe and to to think bigger. How have you cultivated that belief in yourself and belief in, in a vision? 
All right. So for me personally, I, I have really been an independent person. I've really been someone that have, I have really been alone all my life. My difficult journey, I have been alone. And then I realized that what, what this does to me on Thornton was to make me believe in myself. Because family gave up on me. Family said, you are alone on this journey. So I knew that I was just alone. So the only way to get through this was to develop a strong mindset, was to, was to be my own motivational speaker, was to, was to be able to encourage myself personally because I knew that family wasn't there. Difficulty, difficult lessons to be, to be firm, to have strong belief because a person who hasn't really gone through difficult times will not have strong belief. It's quite easy to give up. I wasn't born with it. I, I was born with low self-esteem. I was born a stutterer. I was born a, a stammerer. And it was difficult to probably to speak very well, very difficult, you know. But these are things that had had built and overcome over time. And because because of that loneliness, not being able to speak eloquently, not being able to to share my dreams, or not having not having so much backup from family, I knew that all I had was myself and to do with myself and have to personally work towards that. So those conditions, those those trials in my life, or those difficult moments is what has built my strong belief. And one thing that helped me going, whenever I had difficult moments in my life, one thing, one, one, one thing I kept saying to myself is that this will not last forever because nothing ever lasts forever. Nothing ever lasts forever. So I, I, like, I, I always say that to myself, it always keep me going. It's been amazing how this has worked for me. Your experiences will build up your belief. What will actually keep you going as a person is that you built a belief around your experience. And that would keep you firm and strong when things are not going right. I think this is a this is a really valuable thing for people to learn as well. Along with what you said before, anything that was valuable to you would would take a lot of hard work, and that it wouldn't be easy to achieve. And understanding that it's actually through our kind of difficult experiences that we're able to that we're actually able to grow as human beings. I think these are really really valuable lessons. You hear these things, but maybe maybe it doesn't it doesn't sink in but i think that when people can see the experiences that you've been through as well it really it does really it drives the the point home and you know something else that you said about that responsibility that you were able to take in your life how does that kind of seep into other areas of your life i've become very interested in taking responsibility of you know my experiences and my thoughts and and the way that i see i see the world i don't blame myself for bad things that have happened but i claim those experiences now and and i've i've seen that i'm able to really decide what i make of it and i wonder if that's kind of how you see things what does responsibility mean to you i i i mean growing up it's i understood that this is what i had to this was a necessity for me this was um, a, a thing of fact that I have to take responsibility for myself, and uh, and as Ella said, I was all alone in the journey. So the only way to have stay to stay sane and not lose my sanity and not join a lot of um, uh, uh, terrible things that are in my destiny was to take responsibility for myself. I had to I had to manage my time properly. I had to understand what works best for me. So taking responsibility is understanding that that your your future or your life or your 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 personality is in your hands to create we are the creator of our future so our future is in our hands and the only way to create the future that we want is to build it is to take responsibility of the now i mean we cannot have the future that we've not created and the future that we can create is the future that we've taken responsibility for 
The responsibility is understanding the time, understanding who you are. Taking responsibility is also to understand and to make wise use of opportunity. For me personally, I'm someone that I do not like impromptu research. Okay, you can't come to my house without letting me know because that is me taking responsibility of my time and managing my time, of course. So uh, taking responsibility is understanding, understanding that, that the future that you desire to create for yourself is also responsibility to do. And the only way to create your future is to take wise responsibility for yourself. I think it's, it's really interesting to talk about responsibility. The reason why I'm very interested in it is because I feel that as quite an academic person growing up, I got very comfortable with school and I felt that I was striving, but I was very much striving within the environment of school itself. I was very used to the cadence of school and just kind of going along with the flow. Don't get me wrong, medical school is, is hard work and all of the things, the assignments and the exams that you have to prepare for is hard work, but it's very much a path that has been laid out for you. And, and it's kind of, you know, comfortable to just kind of sit within that because you know that it's assured that you will, you know, as long as you follow the rules, barring some kind of unfortunate event that is out of your control, you will get a job as a doctor, but it doesn't necessarily actually get you the thing that you want. Have you ever, have you ever felt kind of like when you've achieved something that you've kind of slowed down a little bit because you were already in a comfortable place and you could kind of follow the steps? And if you did, how did you break out of that cycle? Well, for me personally, I felt that there's always more to do, that it, it doesn't just stop. Because I think for me, for me personally, personally, I, I found I worked very hard, okay. And, um, and I now understood that, that being successful is, is not just the one event in your life, right? One event in your life can be, can be a breakthrough. But to be a success is that you have to keep on doing what you've been doing. So, I mean, I had never allowed one event in my life to determine my success and that this is all I can achieve. You know, I had always, always tried to be a better person. It's something that, that, that doesn't really get to me because, I mean, I had a lot of friends who, who told me that, that they thought I would be different. I, I went viral. They thought I would, I would exchange my mindset where I approached them or I would, I would stop communication with them. Or I would, I mean, I think, what's the point? You know, what's the point? Because this is just a phase of my life. There's always more to do. This is just the beginning of everything. You know, so, I mean, plateauing success has never, or plateauing achievement has never, ever been something that I do because there's always more to do. It sounds like what it takes then is to really actually recognize that that's a possibility and to make a conscious decision not to allow it to happen. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the illustration again. You know, what we see now obviously is amazing and it's very, it's very moving. But can you just tell me a little bit more about the journey to get to that point? Because, you know, you were telling me that you were going to, you were going to church, you were traveling all the way to another place to be able to do the drawing and to access the internet to do it. But can you tell me more about what it looked like when you first started? Because you actually started the illustration in 2020, is that right? Yes. Yeah, and now we're seeing something incredible. How did they look to start with? I started illustration in 2020 during the lockdown. So it was a difficult walk. So I would, from my house to to church, it was like about a one-hour distance. And I didn't have a good computer then. I had just um, a very old computer and a computer mouse to do these illustrations. And um, I was always going that, going through and through to, to get these things done. 
I have a mentor that was always shaped me. He had always been a major contribution to my to my success as a medical educator. Because when I started drawing this drawing, I was a medical student and I was having my anatomy very wrong. So he would always correct my anatomy and said, this is how this thing represents, this is how they look like, you know. So it's being a medical illustrator was, was, has, was, it's actually very difficult, you know, very difficult. That's one of the most difficult journey of my life that I ever taken personally because it's, um, having gone into a field that I had no knowledge about, I had no, but I had no prior experience and I had no, I had no direct mentorship. There are no tutorials on YouTube to teach you medical education. So everything you have to learn is either you're going to going to graduate school to learn, or you are you are teaching yourself basically. So I wasn't in graduate school, so I had to teach myself everything. So basically, it's it's before that I've been able to conquer myself. I'm able to conquer the things I could could achieve, and, and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still getting there. I mean, it's it's a progress. So I think that's just how I. I started, you know, going to church and using mouth to learn. You use the, the term conquer yourself. When you need to achieve something, you have to, you do have to conquer yourself in a way. What does that mean to you? Conquer yourself basically is, um, is actually in two ways. First of all, um, conquer yourself when you achieve success is that we are humans and want to show of our achievement it's okay to to feel good about your achievement but if your if your achievement is detrimental to your communication with people or is detrimental to you as a person then it has come to the point where you have to conquer yourself because our self default is lazy for for success conquering yourself means that you are able to keep yourself humble irrespective of your achievement irrespective of the things that you have achieved generally so i think that and that's pretty much how to conquer yourself generally that's really interesting thank you so much it's been wonderful talking to you i could ask you a million more questions and i think that you have like i said a lot of great things to talk about i just wanted to finish off by asking you what are you most excited about for the coming year that you're working on or generally in life what are you excited to to be doing so what exciting about this year is that i'm going to be training a lot of people like me young africans like me to do the same thing that i have done and to mentor young africans like me because my goal is to see more of these drawings rampant more of these drawings in social media more of these drawings online it should, it should be a norm by now so the only way to do that is to train young Africans like me who have equal mindset, who have same passion like me, who are willing to create these diverse illustrations. So the only way to do that is to train them and to empower them. Because one of the things lacking in Africa is that there are a lot of training programs in Africa, but there is little empowerment programs. The empowerment where you give people money to start up businesses, empowerment where you give people gadgets, gadgets to do what they have learned. So I'm not just training Africa, but I'm going to empower them also with gadgets also to do these things. So um, I'm, I'm so excited about it because I'm, I'm excited. I'm also scared about it because it's, it's a big project it's, and I'm, I'm scared, you know, but it can be done. It can be done because I mean, it's worth doing. So it's, 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 it's what, it's worth doing. And one other thing is University of Oxford and uh, a lot of publishers to create it and quite exciting, you know, so and that's, that's basically um, what it's also exciting this year and, and beyond. You, know. you have a very bright future ahead of you. I would love to hear more about the things that you're doing. This project that you have for mentoring young Africans sounds incredible. 
So, so yeah, let us know where we can find out more about this and how we can support. So um, I'm working on a website. I'll launch the website and make the initiative public to everybody and uh, I'm call for support or call for partnership or collaboration. Okay, we'll be talking about it. Thank you so much again for your time. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Brand New Doctor. You can follow Chidi on Instagram at Eberay Illustrate, that's E-B-E-R-E Illustrate, to get updates on his amazing work. It is a time of great uncertainty for African medical students who are studying in Ukraine like Chidi. Many of them face discrimination when they try to access scholarships and funds which were afforded to other Ukrainian students. If you would like to support them, check out AIUEF.com to see the different ways in which you can help. And I'll put all of the links in the show description. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at rollacare.so. That's R-O-L-A-K-E dot S-O. DM me, I would love to hear from you. And I'll be back soon with another episode of Brand New Doctor.